it's the Good Advice Show, and you're coming back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're going to give you some good advice today with our round two series. This is where we bring back one of our amazing guests from a past episode and have another conversation with them. Today's guest is Courtney Kirschbaum. She's the founder of Courtney Kirschbaum International. You can find out more at CourtneyKirschbaum.com, and she is the expert for helping people leave their job that they're not so happy in and finding really their dream job. She's perfect for people who are in the middle of their career who are thinking about, you know what, I'm in this corporate gig, but there's got to be a place that makes me more money, is less stress, and uses my expertise better. Courtney's one of the best in the business. In fact, she is absolutely one of my all-time favorites on the show, and so it was absolutely a pleasure to bring her back to the podcast today. Again, you can find out more at CourtneyKirschbaum.com. Before we dive in, though, here's a word from one of the amazing businesses who sponsored the podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. You know that feeling at 10 o'clock at night when you finished a long day of work and you're trying to figure out all the financials of your business? Well, the good news is you don't have to be an expert in this space. You got to just know who is the expert to call. That person is Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions, and he does business bookkeeping services better than anyone else I know. By not only helping you manage your books, he can also be the expert to help you understand your books. On top of that, he also handles payroll for businesses and really takes the worry and stress of managing all of these things so that you can focus on running your business well. So what are you waiting for? Stop wasting time trying to understand all these elements of your business. Call Steve Lay at Equity Business Solutions and he'll show you the value beyond the numbers. Go to EquityBusinessSolutionsLLC.com to find out more. Hey, you come here for good advice and we got more of it today. We have a round two conversation with one of my favorites and with one of your favorites. That's why they're back on a round two call. It's Courtney Kirschbaum. She's the top career strategist for people who are in Fortune 500 companies in the big four. And if you're an executive, if you're somebody listening and you're thinking about, hey, what's next for my career? Maybe you're thinking about a lateral move to a different business, or maybe you feel kind of stuck in your current business, but you know kind of where you want to go, but you're not sure how to get there. Courtney is absolutely the expert who's going to teach you how to get there and coach you through it. She's also the author of Freedom Through Strategy, found on Scribd. I'll have the link to that in the episode description below. And you can also find out more at CourtneyKirschbaum.com. Courtney, so great to have you here. Hey, it's good to be here. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I was thinking about our last talk as I was preparing for this call. And it's like, you know, the circle will be unbroken and all that. It's good to be back. (laughs) It's crazy because I was looking at the date. You were on episode 105. We're now post 300 episodes, May of 2020. So two and a half-ish years ago. Wow, um, it was that late. It was May. Uh, yeah. I thought it was, I was when was it? It was because I was doing a consulting project up and I was in oh, New Haven, Connecticut, up so at Yale, remember? We, we would have recorded it like early 2020, probably. So it was probably recorded okay. in like January, February, but then published in May would be my best guess. That um, makes sense. That makes sense. Because I remember it being yeah. cold and I don't think we were in the full throes of COVID yet. So yep, yeah. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. No, and it's crazy because it's funny how like you have these people that you connect with who, like I was telling my wife, we were talking about LinkedIn and I was like, you know, one of the coolest things about LinkedIn is I feel like I have developed like these genuine 
relationships with people where it's like, oh, I love that person. Like anytime I see content from them. And so you're one of those people. Anytime I see your content, anytime, <laughs> you know, I have an excuse to tag you. Uh, I'm like, oh man, I love what Courtney's doing. Uh, but then it's funny where you're like, oh my gosh, has it really been like almost three years since we've had like yeah. <laughs> a conversation? It's just wild to me. So <laughs> yep. I feel the same. I feel like I'm connected yeah. with people that, you know, like on my email list or people that will e- right. email me occasionally. I'm like, oh, like you're my person. So yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about what are you, what are you doing these days? What are you working on? These days I've been doing a lot of writing. Like I've always been one of these people who kind of like, kind of looked at, um, kind of looked at resumes like, hmm, God, why isn't there a better way? So I've been doing a lot of storytelling and a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. And I've been working with, um, I've had some really interesting clients, really interesting. I worked with a surgeon, which is a little bit out of my realm. And, you know, you always learn things from people. Um, So mostly writing is consuming my time. Uh, I post a lot of stuff on Medium. So that's something that when I started my business, I wish I'd known how bad a writer I was when I worked as a corporate <laughs> executive and how important it is to be a good writer. So that's like a big, like a big thing for me. And then of course I, I'm here, right? I mean, um, we went through COVID since you and I last talked and that's no small thing. We made so, it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I made it. I, I have this feeling of kind of, of triumph and mm-hmm. yeah, those are the main things. Actually, there is a third thing. I am, um, one of the big things, and COVID brought this to the fore, is I'm a big remote worker. I have been for years, kind of by accident. Like mm-hmm. like 15 years ago, when it was like everybody was doing the commute and going to the office, I was traveling around. And if I wasn't traveling, I was working from home. It was Nobody said a thing. It was like, this is just how we work. So it was interesting to see the rest of the world get on that bandwagon. And now kind of like yeah. where it's settling. So like in the work that you're doing, um, you as a remote worker at like high levels of organizations, I, I know that many companies are embracing hybrid models. Does yeah. that still apply for like the higher echelons of a business? Like are, are executives doing hybrid work or is it is it more that's for like our middle to frontline staff, but as executives, as top line employees, like you're there, you're involved, you're engaged. Like what does that look like post COVID? That's a really good question. My experience is this. Depends on the company. Like, you know, look at Elon Musk, who's totally in the news cycle right now. He's like, come into the office. If <laughs> for you all the right reasons, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Get into the office or it's over for you. So it really depends yeah. on the company. One of my most successful clients is um, daylighting. Do you know, it's, a, it's like a trendy term right now. Daylighting means you have more than one job. And some people actually literally cannot survive with more than one job. And for years, people have been like a waitress at night and maybe had an executive job during the day. Or once I knew a waitress who was a stewardess. But now it's like white collar workers who are in such high demand. They're like, oh, I will. I'm going to work two jobs and I'm not even going to keep it a secret. Some people keep it a secret. So this guy has three jobs. He does not go into the office ever. Hmm. And um, he has, he just sent me a screen print a few days ago. He had four recruiters message him on LinkedIn. Wow. So there's that person and he's a C-level person. So then there are people who are like, you know, hopping in the car with their coffee mug, commuting to the office, working nine to five and coming back. I tend to work with people who want to like get ahead of the curve, who want something different. And just, just to kind of, just to kind of give you the full picture when I started working with the, that person who is now daylighting and super successful, 
I was literally on the train home from New Haven because COVID had like hit us. It was like, everybody go home. Mm -hmm. And he was working an office job. And I asked him, I said, why are you still going into the office? Like you are so sought after. So it does. I mean, to answer your question, it depends. Mm -hmm. So if you're out there and you're thinking, you know, you're looking in the press and you're thinking, well, I missed my chance. Nope, you sure did not. You still can do it. You just have to make up your mind that that's what you want. And kind of, you know, they all saying you get what you settle for. Yeah, no, I love that expression. And uh, there's been some drama around this topic, though, in the professional circles. I know there was a, a CEO who fired some of his employees because he found out they were daylighting, they were working these other jobs. Um, I, I don't know if I'm just if I was just naive, you know, when I was working at I was working at this executive coaching company and it was a nine to five job, but then I had I picked up a job as an adjunct professor at a local university. And to get there, I needed to leave around like three or three thirty because the class was at like four thirty or something. And it was once a week. And so I remember going to my boss and being like, um, hey, on Wednesdays, I need to um, leave at 3.30 because I have this thing over at the university. Is that okay? And she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. But again, me being naive and not knowing any different, I didn't even realize this was a source of drama. But like I mentioned, I think part of the drama is that you you have the CEO who let go a couple of people, but then sort of the pushback on there has been this conversation around executives who are working a multitude of jobs, or maybe they're sitting as a as a board member on a few different boards, they're managing a variety of roles. Um, have you been paying attention to this conversation? And if so, what's, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, the, you know, the biggest thing right now that I'm doing for people is it used to be, you know, salary negotiations, or they were just trying to figure out, you know, what they wanted to be when they grew up. And now, most people are talking to me about, this is the the employment contract they sent me, and I don't feel good about this. And I'll give you a couple of examples that show up again and again. One is um, they don't specifically say that you can't have other jobs, although some do. At an executive level, um, you know, Microsoft has passed kind of basically changed their HR policy that if you are um, if you are below the executive level, that there's no non compete. Like those are being legislated out of existence because they've been so successful suppressing salaries. So people come to me and they say, I don't want to sign this. And what one of the things is that you will agree to any future um, rule or kind of policy that they implement. So basically wow. a, a blank check, just Goodness. sign here and say, no matter what we say, you'll agree to it. That's one of them. Another one is, this is really common. Anything you create during your time with us is ours and you have no moral, ethical, copyright, trademark, it's ours. Like, I just want to ask them, like, are you high right now? (laughs) How many fingers am I holding up? And um, it's like, are you joking? Like, I'm writing a book on the side, or I'm doing this. And it used to be, you know, that's this relic from like 20 years ago, when you saved the company your whole life and got a gold watch. I mean, Mm -hmm. how long has it been since anybody did that? A long time. So it's still happening. It's still happening. Well, I was thinking about a business I worked with who they were like, um, hey, anyone anyone you talk to, meet, interact with belongs to us, not belongs to you, like in terms of like your book of business. And it was even like people that you don't directly meet, but someone else mentions to you. And I was like, so if someone <laughs> finds me on Facebook, like through a mutual connection, they belong to the business. And they're like, well, yeah. And I was like, 
you you literally must be high because not only is this insane, this would never hold up like any kind of court of law, but it is interesting though. And I don't want to get too off base because I know you're doing some pretty incredible work, but, um, and I want to dive into that, but, um, it is interesting though. I don't know if out of touch is the right word, but there is, it definitely feels like in some of these larger businesses, there is a bit of a disconnection between what it, what they envision and what, um, I guess the perspective of of the the um the the job seeker, right? And so I, I even think of um there was one business I was talking to that was basically hiring out people to do work for them and they wanted to do a 90-10 split with the people that they were gonna go do the work and they couldn't find anybody. And I was pointing out this disconnect of like, well, do you understand how it feels when you're the hired person when you get 10% of the paycheck? when you did all the work and someone else takes 90. Um, but it was hard to bridge that disconnect, if that makes sense. So oh, it makes it makes perfect sense. I see, I see a lot of that. And also I I see a lot of people who they'll send me their employment contract and I tell them two things. Take this to a lawyer and um, a lawyer who is on your side. Like I've had people take stuff to lawyers and the lawyer is like, oh yeah, this is standard. It's like, are, are you kidding me? Like, I don't uh-huh. care if it's standard. It's like, you're on my side, right? So you look at, the, get somebody to look at the employment contract, but also I've had people take the employment contract back with notes and the person's like, yeah, no, like it does happen, but it's going to take people saying, I'm not signing off on this before companies get the message. So I guess my message to every anybody out there listening is, it happens and it's probably going to happen to you. Let it happen because that's not a deal you want to make. Um, you don't want to sign away anything that you create. You don't want to, you know, if they right. want to, if they want to pay you 24-7, then absolutely sign the no, you know, quote unquote moonlighting clause. And they can pay you 24-7-365. But if they're not willing to do that, um, time, times are changing and those folks are going to retire or they're just going to get ground down um, because you can't survive if you don't, you know, you can't survive if you don't change. And it's this environment is requiring people to change the way they've done business for the past 10 or 15 years. So I want to I want to dig into that comment right there because I, I totally agree. Um, it feels like in like the hiring world, there's always this kind of um subtle, like the subtext of the power dynamic. Like where where does the leverage lie? Like is it is it falling more in like the employer's position or more in the the person who's seeking the job? And I know during the um, you know, the great resignation, which I don't know if we're still in it or not in it, but essentially this conversation over the last year or so of people um and actually there's a misconception a lot of people think it's like a frontline hourly worker who's quitting in mass and it's actually uh mid to senior level people who are quitting yeah. but um this conversation of like where does the power dynamic lie if you're if you're seeking a job like how much do you stand your ground versus acquiesce to some of these kind of questionable things and i've even seen it uh, kind of overt where I saw someone who was hiring, they posted on Facebook, frankly, how pissed off they were that people coming to the interview weren't um, just, this is going to make her sound so awful. It, it was awful, but she didn't say it this way, but basically like, wasn't like expressing enough gratitude that they were getting interviewed. And they're, I remember- They're not obsequious enough. Sorry, yeah. sorry. To the but no, yeah, yeah that's not- great. 
like, oh, I'm so grateful to be here and thank you for this opportunity right. rather than a business, a, a, like an even business exchange. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I love that you had that on because that's exactly what I'm, I'm noticing. And, you know, as you're talking to people and you're talking career strategy and, you know, I, I'm sure even some of the most confident people who've had incredible careers, I'm sure there still is a level of anxiousness and trepidation around hire, you know, applying for jobs yeah. again. Um, what does that look like when you're coaching someone to sort of kind of own who they are without being um, overly, uh, I, I guess that's the question. Like, how do you owning yourself regardless of how a company, um, you know, how much power they're owning, I guess, kind of a clunky question, but I hope you know what I mean. I do. I think I do. Let me let me start by saying one of the greatest quotes I've ever read, and I probably overuse this, and it's from a guy named Gary Halbert. He's a very gifted copywriter. And he wrote a series of letters um, actually from prison to his son. It was a federal camp prison that has since closed down. And this is what he said in one of the letters. He said, there's no justice, only power. Hmm. There's no justice, only power. And I think people come into the work arrangement thinking that it's just, and it, ju and I did. So I'm, I'm not preaching. I'm totally like saying I did this. And a lot of people do it, even experienced people. You go into the, you apply for a job and you expect justice. And I think the first yeah. kind of aha moment is you need to understand, no, like you're not going to get justice. Um, there, there is no justice, only power. So that's the first thing. And companies kind of encourage this by saying, you know, welcome to the family, you know, and on and on. It's like, are you kidding? It's like you, I, I've worked, I've worked in companies where someone passed away um, for the first few days that they didn't appear on meetings. Everyone like razor cut them to death behind their back. Where is so-and-so? I can't believe they didn't show up for a meeting. Then like on the fourth or fifth day of that week, we found out that the person passed away and I'm pretty sure the company sent flowers. And then the discussion was totally around, um, I wonder if there's a promotion for me in this. And that sounds wow. like a, an episode of The Office, but these were good people. This was a good, a, a, you know, an okay environment. But the fact is, no matter how good people are or how good the environment is, it really is about just how can I, you know, how can I get ahead? And everything mm -hmm. else is kind of an illusion. And when you when you're drinking the Kool Aid and you're in that environment, people are like, "Oh, you know, well, you're just cynical or you're bitter or whatever." But it's like <laughs> that kind of tagging people and shaming people with those words only keeps them from kind of protecting themselves. Mm. So, so how do you kind of marry? Because I guess I can see how it could be cynical. But how do you marry like the realism of someone you're coaching with? Like, hey, th th this is it's business. It there's this isn't like a justice seeking thing. So like, how do you marry that realize realism with also the excitement that someone's probably feeling when they're thinking about possibility? Like, where could I be going next? What could I be doing next? Um, like, how do those things work hand in hand with your work? Well, really, to answer your first question, the thing that that matters that brings it all together and kind of marries that kind of justice and excitement is confidence. 
Mm. That is it. It all comes down to confidence. I have a friend who says confidence is the new currency. Uh, What's kind of the old currency too, because when it comes down to who's getting promoted, who's getting paid, who's getting the job, it's not skills as much as a company wants to tell you it is. I mean, if you're a brain surgeon, maybe, um, but for the most part, it's confidence. It's your ability to, um, to kind of... I hate the sounds. This is pejorative and it shouldn't be to kind of wheel and deal and to realize <laughs> that they right. are not giving you a job. It's it's not a gift. It is a, a negotiation. Right. And that is the most difficult transition. Like I work with people who are maybe they've been managers for a long time and they're like, why can't I get a seat at the table? And that inevitably it's confidence. And to do that, to be confident and to come in and say, okay, I'm I'm no longer a manager or senior manager. I'm a director or I'm a VP. You have to kind of take off your old coat and put on your new one. Mm-hmm. And this shows up in marriages, in friendships, in everything. So really, um, the first thing I would say is you want to be really honest with yourself about um how confident are you? Because what I get a lot is, well, it's this, it's it's this nemesis, it's this office nemesis that is keeping me from getting ahead. It's like, no, darling, it's you. I hate to break this to you, but oh, it is one hundred percent you. So that's the first thing. And then understand that confidence is like a muscle. Confidence is not fixed; it is dynamic. And unfortunately, people think, well, first of all, if you didn't get it by the time you're ten years old. It's you, you know, it's over for you. You can't get it, but actually, you can, and you don't see it very often because there's this myth of like, well, if I didn't get it when I was a kid, if I didn't get it in my home, if my you know parents told me I was worthless, then I can never be anything else. I will always feel this way, and that's not true. Confidence, um, you raise your confidence by surviving a series of small risks. And then as you survive those risks that you take, your confidence increases and you take bigger ones. And that's how you see these people who are bulletproof. But if you look around your office and you see people who are like, oh, this person seems to be just getting ahead and getting promoted. And you know, what do they got that I don't? Ask yourself if it isn't confidence. Well, and I, I think I love how you source it back to the person in question because I've seen... I've seen people post on LinkedIn. I knew one guy who he was interviewing and he got shot down from like five or six emails or uh, interviews. And he posted on LinkedIn, basically um, smudging these other businesses in the mud a little bit, being like, you know, I'm amazing. Like, how could you not hire me? And I was kind of like, bro, I would not post that. (laughs) But I also knew him personally. And I was like, you're kind of not really that good of an employee either. And so I, I love what you're referring to is kind of like this this looking at yourself in the mirror and having this kind of conversation of self-awareness, which by the way, like in the work that you're doing, you know, how often are you kind of having to um I guess pull the shades off someone's eyes or kind of welcome them into like evaluating themselves, especially if maybe they haven't done it too much in the past? Like what does that process look like? Um I was t- I was telling someone recently Employment in a job hunt is one of the most intimate relationships you'll ever have because it's so deeply embedded in your self-esteem and nobody wants to talk about this, but it is. So when I try to get people to take 100% responsibility, because that's what it is. Um, Don't tell me the story about how you've been used and abused, because if you kind of flip that around, 
the question isn't why did they use and abuse you? It's why did you allow yourself to be used and abused? Now that has some legitimate answers. And one of them is uh, the mortgage and kids right. in private school or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so, so first of all, forgive yourself a little bit because those are real responsibilities, but, but follow that up really quickly with, okay, the situation's not great. And there are some practical reasons I need to stick this out, but I have to take responsibility for my part in this and I'm going to move on from here. I think the main thing people don't want to do, and, and this comes from that corporate corporate culture, um, and I know I'm like paint tarring everybody with the same brush, so I acknowledge <laughs> that I'm doing that. Don't flip out. Um, and kind of say, like stigmatizing mistakes. It's like, so you took a job. This happens a lot. You'd be a, a, alarmed at how often this happens. You take a job. And they're like, oh, you're going to be doing this and you're going to be doing this and it's going to be so exciting and this is an exciting environment. And they put you in a cubicle and you're like crunching numbers or like changing the column colors and spreadsheets. And you're sitting there and you're like a senior person and you're like, what is happening to me? Like, how did this happen? The first thing you do is you blame yourself. Like you totally got bait and switched. And this happens all the time. Companies will advertise for a job and then they'll just put you in whatever slot they have because they're waiting for the job. You know, they're waiting for the bid process to to finish or whatever, you know, whatever. But the first thing you need to do is not blame yourself and be like, oh, bait and switch. Got to get out of here. But what people tend to do is they tend to be like, I'm going to make this work, mm. which is a great 100% responsibility attitude at the exact wrong time. So I think forgive yourself. Like the, the employment process and the career process is gradual. It's learning. Like all of the things that I teach or coach or strategize. I'm not like, you know, some, you know, Oracle at Delphi. I made all these mistakes. I mean, some of them couple, three times just to make sure I came <laughs> yeah. with, you know, came with a lesson. I'm sure you've seen the meme. So it's not, it's not like you're gonna, you'll have the occasional epiphany, but for the most part, if you just approach your career as kind of a kind of a two-pronged thing, like I'm going to make mistakes. And I'm going to forgive myself for any mistakes that I may have made. And secondly, I'm going to take 100% responsibility and move on. Hmm. Um, and you hear a lot of, and I know this resonates with your listeners, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to fight my way back and I'm going to you know, have this glorious triumph at a company. And usually when you're in that mindset, um, it's like, no, you should just leave. Um, <laughs> just, just like, give it some thought. If you're thinking that if yeah. you're in the position, like you're going to fight your way back, is that um, is that you kind of maybe just getting the cart before the horse? Yeah. Well, and I, I even think about moving people to action. You know, let's talk a little bit about the stereotype of, you know, the person who's been in their career. They've been in the business for 10, 15 years, uh, maybe less or more. And they are, they know they need to leave, but oh, yeah. they're stuck. They're thinking about the mortgage. I mean, if you turn on any news article these days, it will inspire fear and terror. You know, so you have maybe someone who's a parent, maybe someone who they're taking home, they're taking care of maybe their own parents, like maybe their parents staying in the home. 
and they're thinking about the bills and things. And so it's like, oh, I can't go get another job now. I can't make a transition now. But at the end of the day, they are deeply unhappy with their job. And maybe outside of happiness, maybe they're also not getting financially um, they're not getting paid for what yeah. they're, what they're actually worth. Right. So like, what does yeah. that conversation look like for your customers who they're, they're curious about the next steps, but they're ultimately their, their feet are stuck in the mud. Oh, that is such a good question because that is so many people. Um, I think the first thing is realize that you are not alone. Like if you're sitting in your cubicle or your office and you're like, God, I hate this job, but I can't (laughs) leave. Know that you are in like, we're talking 50% of people. Okay. So the first thing, couple things, get out of your, get, get out of your like little solo pod and find a group, be that a, a book club, a mastermind. I tell people to mastermind all the time because it is so unbelievable to get out of your own space and let other people in, which is something that in our culture today, we seem to be doing less and less of, and God knows COVID didn't help. Although you can do masterminds on, um, all my masterminds now I do on, on zoom. Like it's just, it's perfect. The value in that is you have solidarity. You have somebody saying, Oh my God, I mean, I see you as this amazing person. Like you've been in this work, you've been in this job for so long. You think that's who you are, but this is what I see. So that's one benefit. Another benefit of getting with other people is you never celebrate your victories, right? Because especially in the corporate world, it's mistakes are stigmatized. You're only as good as your last project. But if you're with a group of other people, then they are like, oh my God, you worked for, you know, I this well, I was in a mastermind and somebody said, you worked for Deloitte, like you worked in the big four. And I saw that experience through her eyes. And suddenly, you know, to me, it was like old hat. So there's that part of it. So you don't want to go it alone. So if you were kind of, you feel stuck, find a group, an hour a week, an hour every two weeks, some, some body, and it doesn't have to be a paid group. It doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be like experts. Get people so you're shifting your perspective and you are, even if you're an introvert, you're getting some different energy. That's the first thing. Next, realize, I tell all my first, I tell all my clients this when they first come to me, as a senior person, it's going to take you six months to a year to find your next position. I think what people want is kind of like, um, we just had this $2 billion lottery jackpot, right? And all right. these people who don't normally buy lottery tickets, when the chance when the chance of them actually winning goes down, and again, I'm not preaching because I bought two, you rush to the store and you're like, all right, how do you buy a lottery ticket? And you buy your lottery ticket. And overnight, someone is a, not, a, not even a hundred millionaire, but a billionaire. And I think that's what we want. We want overnight to have success because even when it's not, it's portrayed that way, mm-hmm. right? You you know, famous people. I was like, overnight success, Selena Gomez, overnight success, you know, so-and-so. But what you don't see is all the work that went up to that, right? That's mm-hmm. in their documentary on Netflix, but it's like they live that. So it took a long time and it's going to take time. So that's the second thing. Realize this is going to take time, but you have to start. And that is the third thing. Just start. So that is take a class. Um, Start. I mean, this is so this is so like light your lavender candle and and like take a bath, but start a victory (laughs) log, like start getting out of this kind of doom and gloom attitude. It's like, right. 
start documenting what it is that you're good at doing. One one thing that I tell people to do, and I've started um, because people kind of won't do it, is give someone that you know 10 questions, hit the record button on your phone, and let them interview you. Because you will, the things that come out of your mouth will blow your mind. And let me just give you a sample of some of the questions because I've got them here. What are the top three tips you give someone entering your field or profession? All of a sudden, you're talking about your profession in a totally new way. You're just, just a totally untilled part of your brain is getting some light of day. Another one is, what's the biggest compliment you've ever received? Who is it from and what was the context? Again, that's just when you start talking, the things that come out of your mouth are like, whoa, where did that come from? Right. Let me see. Oh, what are the, what are, and these are some of these are pretty, pretty. Um, I mean, they seem benign, but here's one. What's your genius? Hmm. What does everyone say? Oh, my God, you are so good at this. And what I find is people don't believe it when they hear that. My mother used to always tell me, God, you know, you're such a great writer. And I was like, well, of course, you're going to say that. You're my mom. Right. <laughs> um, but then I went and published a book, right? So yeah. it's like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe she was on to something. Yeah, I so, love I love this conversation of, you know, your genius that is so normalized to you that you don't realize, you know, the talent that's actually behind it. But um, I also just as I was listening to you, I was just thinking about how exciting it can be to talk to other people, like you were mentioning, like getting around like-minded people. And because I think a lot of times the reason we get stuck in our job is like, we just don't, it, it, we just assume everyone kind of feels the same way in the sense of um, like, no one's actually quitting their job and moving on or doing different things. Like we're all kind of miserable together. And when you finally have that conversation with someone who is thinking a little bit differently, it's just always exciting how it kind of opens your eyes. Um, like I've had conversations in the past where I've been like, oh, like, uh, like I'm talking about the podcast where someone will say like, well, Hey, do you charge like advertising? And I'm like, well, no, I could never charge that. And I've had people who were like, why, why not? Like, why couldn't you like, here's some examples of people who do do that. Um, that wasn't like a subtle plug for <laughs> advertising on the podcast, but <laughs> I will say it, it, I just, I found myself when I'm not chatting with other people it really limits my daily perspective on 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 the events that i'm experiencing so yep. i think it's it's great advice for sure and also just listening to you i think what's really exciting courtney is um i don't know if your customers feel this way but i could definitely see a customer coming to you envisioning working with you as very transactional like you having kind of the bullet point list of like, yeah, I need your resume, this, this, this. Okay, great. I'm gonna send you on your way. Uh, it sounds like it's so much more than that. You know, you mentioned how the job hunting process is kind of intimate. It sounds like the kind of advice and work you do with your customers is very personal and provides a lot more than maybe what a typical career strategist would do. Uh, oh, for sure. I think that's perhaps one of the biggest surprises that my clients have. Because if you think about your career, it is one area where you are like, I have to do this myself. It is very much a, I'm going to John Wayne it. I mean, if you want to learn how to play the piano or play tennis or do yoga, you go and you find an instructor. Like, it's like, you wouldn't dream of like doing it yourself. I mean, that would be, a, that would be unusual. But more so than with with other things, people feel like they they have to kind of manage their career on their own. And if they don't, it's like a personal failing. Like right. I should be able to handle this. 
So really what I do, and I do help people, I do think writing is important and I do help people with their stories and, you know, to reframe their mainly LinkedIn. Everybody talks about resume, but nobody, your resume is like third or fourth in line because what people see first is your LinkedIn, but it is, it's personal. And I think people come to me and they're like, yeah, just, and some people do, they come to me, I write their resume or I help them with their LinkedIn and help them with their bios and do some writing. And then they're like, I can't, I don't want to deal with this personal stuff. I just want you to tell me how to get a job. Um, and they kind of kind of disappear into the ether. And other people are really kind of hungry and they want to figure this out. They're 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 sick and tired of being sick and tired. So mm-hmm. it is it is definitely, you know, when it comes down to it, everyone's searching. It's interesting. Like I need to work on my resume. And they it's like the re- like they think the resume is some somehow like the the, the, the port key, right. You know, like right. from Harry Potter, the, the character yeah. would grab the port key and the port key would take them to some amazing place. And that's what they think their resume is. Like, it's this port key. It's like, no, it's yeah. I, really I, under, I understand the reference, but I will be honest. Some people gave me a really hard time for not knowing, uh, I, I've never oh. read the books. And so oh no I had some friends who just went <laughs> to Harry Potter world and they're like, yeah, you know, they had the, and they were like naming like foods or something from the books. And I was like, right, right. oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. And they were like visibly <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Um, How can this be that you don't know? I was like, but I, I get, I get the port key reference. I, I kind of see what you're saying with it. So <laughs> you are right though. It's, it is interesting. I think, I mean, honestly, I think this goes into like what makes it partly very challenging as a professional, not just a job seeker is social media is so interesting in that people are saying you know, like here you have Courtney being like, Hey, the resume isn't the number one thing. And actually, yeah. and I know that's right, by the way, cause I just talked to someone yesterday. Uh, I don't know if you know, Janiah Iqbal who does, um, uh, the no degree podcast, basically helping people get jobs who don't have degrees. Oh, um, but he was basically talking about, yeah, I mean, resume, they're going to skim it. It's literally not like the Holy grail for applications, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think about the the poor, uh, the, this poor job seeker who's similarly seeing someone who's maybe their main service they're offering is resumes who are like the resume is the most important thing. So I I just empathize with professionals today because social media, there are so many different takes on it that it can be very challenging to, you know, wade through um, what's actually right and what's not. And for our listeners, I mean, Courtney has, you know, 50,000 followers on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> I would assume that what you're saying is obviously valuable and um, trustworthy. But um, like I said, for the average business uh, expert, though, or business uh, job seeker, excuse me, it can be a little overwhelming for sure. Yeah, it, it really can. There's some... There's so much advice. There's so many people out there who um, yeah, are claiming expertise. And the one thing I would say to anybody is, and I do this, I always have like a first meeting with people because if we don't hit it off and and you're, you know, I'm not your person and you're not my person, then it's not going to work. And you really do need to find somebody who's going to, is going to sync up with you and understand what's going on with you. And that's why I used to be a bit more general. And I realized my world, the world that the sea that I swam in was the big four and fortune 500. Now I work with higher ed folks and I've also worked with surgeons, but, and, and we found it, we, we were a great fit. We had a blast working together. Some of these people I'm still working with, but as a rule, the people that 
I really get what they say in just a few words, like name that tune in three notes. Now I'm really dating myself. Are those people who have experience in the big four kind of made their bones in the big four or fortune, yeah. fortune 500. So no, that's great. That, that you're like simpatico with. Yeah. Well, Courtney, uh, shockingly enough, we're actually towards the end of our, <laughs> our podcast episode. <laughs> Uh, so uh, really quickly, I do want to, I want to promote the book. I want to talk about the book, um, and spend a few minutes here. Um, so you, you published this book in September of 2022. It's called freedom through strategy, how to own your career, prevent burnout, avoid career mistakes and boost your happiness. Oh my gosh. These are like all the things someone cares about. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the book. What, what, why'd you write it? You know, what are you passionate about for it? Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So as you know, I'm a big traveler. Like people are like, where do you live? I'm like, I don't actually have a home right now. I travel and I was in Maine last um, winter uh, on an island and I went there to write a book. And I, as I mentioned, I write a lot on Medium. So someone from Scribd, um, which which is S-C-R-I-B-D, Scribd, uh, reached out to me and said, hey, we would like you to write a book for us. Um, And I was like, are you kidding me? So they said, they kind of laid it out how it would work. And I said, you know, I'd love to do this. So I took some work that I had already kind of been working on, repurposed it. And really it is stories. The first chapter, and this is, I recommend to everyone is stories about God, why is this not working for me? Because people work, 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 work with no strategy. And their strategy is if I work hard enough, I'll get noticed and I'll get promoted, not a strategy. So I talk about um, that I talk about the things that people do and that kind of don't work. And then the things that they might want to try doing to change it up. You can get it in an audio and ebook form, but it's the first chapter I think is, is one of my favorites. Cause I tell a story about a tennis player and I tell how I kind of came to know a little bit more than the average person knows about tennis professionals. And it really does. If you like that, you'll like the whole book. So definitely, it's definitely worth checking out just because most people are working, just working like mad with no strategy. Yeah. I, and I, such a great insight, by the way, of it, it circles back to like that concept of justice of, and, and I love how you said it, you know, working hard enough, you will have your day. Yeah. And, and again, this isn't meant in a cynical way, but for our listeners, um, you will get to your destination so much faster if you're intentional about your corporate strategy, your career strategy, excuse me. Um, so Courtney, oh my gosh, this went by so fast. It is such a delight to have you on the podcast. You're always welcome back at any point, especially whenever the next book gets published. And uh, what do you want people to do in terms of if they want to follow up with you, if they're listening and they're thinking, well, geez, I'm thinking about my career. Um, we do have JB Hunt, Tyson and Walmart headquarters are all here locally. Uh, we have a lot of local listeners on the podcast. So somebody listening, maybe you need to call Courtney. Courtney, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? The best way to reach out to me is go to my website, CourtneyKirschbaum.com and just look around and think, hey, is this person a fit for me? Check out what I offer. And if you want to book time with me, that's great. Also, if you're a reader, go to Medium. I post on Medium and you can follow me there and get a that will really give you a taste of, of what I do. And of course, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So any one of those three places you can connect with me. I think I'm if I'm not the only Courtney Kirschbaum on LinkedIn, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably pretty close. And also, that I love loads and loads of followers. So um, you'll know you you'll know you found me. Also, okay. my LinkedIn mass said I have a picture of my book. 
Great. Um, I only know there's another Courtney Kirschbaum because I was looking up your profile and I was like, this isn't her. What the heck? But, <laughs> um, Courtney, thank you for coming on the podcast today. It was such a pleasure and I'm looking forward to what's next for you. Great being here. Thanks, Blake. Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put the link to Courtney's uh, LinkedIn, uh, the script page. You can check out the book. You can actually read it for three, for, read it for free for 30 days if you've never been to script before. Um, I'm also going to put the link to her website, CourtneyKirschbaum.com. All of those are down in the episode description below. And again, if you're thinking about what's next for your career, if you're trying to take out the guesswork of your job hunt, you absolutely need to check out not just Courtney's content on Medium and on LinkedIn, but you got to reach out to Courtney as well. And hey, if you're checking out the podcast for the first time, what the heck are you waiting on? Click the subscribe button and the follow button so we can keep bringing you good advice wherever you are and wherever you are in your, in, you are in your business. And don't forget, you can support the podcast on our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. And of course, we appreciate you guys who've been supporting the podcast long term. That's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.